everybody, welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. My name is Brian Sobolewski and I'm your host. Welcome to episode 17. Not, not sure what I'm calling this, but this is guest host number two. I am sitting here with Casey Kasperson, who, who is the owner of Sick Puppies Comedy and part owner of Doghouse Theatre, where I do so much of the comedy that you listen to at the end of most of the episodes. This has been a place where I've been able to develop and cultivate so much of the one-man show and my own stuff. Welcome, Casey. Well, thanks, Brian, but you are not the host this week. Mm. I'm the host this week. Yeah, that's right. Wow, 44 seconds in and I've already been schooled. Yeah, you're already already done. (laughs) So I'm I'm the guest host and I get to ask you. I get to ask you all the all the questions, Brian. I feel like a lot of the questions that, even though I'm not in your fan mail, I these are questions as a fan of the show, which, by the way, I think is fan fucking tastic. Thank you, thank you. Really great fan mail. Was I supposed to be getting mail? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do, do you get like? I mean, where do you see this? Do you get like comments on any of these feeds? There's any? a couple people that, that will reach out and and make comments. As one, <coughs> like one of my favorites was a Mack truck driver. He's like, dude, I travel the country mostly in lower U.S. from like Texas all around. And he goes, I listen to every single episode. I couldn't tell you his name, so if you're listening, I'm so sorry because we had a a banter back and forth for a sec. I want to say Frederick, but I'm. I know I'm fucking that up. We'll go with Frederick. That's a All good, right. like, middle of the alphabet name. So, yeah, Fred. Uh, Fred. Or Steve. Bill. Bob. Tom. <laughs> if you're out there. And could be a Susan, for all <laughs> we know. I don't, I don't a know. Karen. Uh, fucking Karen. Oh, you know who you are. You know who you are, Karen. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, so, so we're, is this going to land on the fourth season, or is this still part of the third season? Oh, no, this is still third season, because right now I'm basically just saying, hey, who, who do I have the best banter back and forth? Who can, who can come on and own the podcast in terms of I'm going to be the host like you just did? So there you go. You're, you're one point ahead. Fuck yeah. I have I'm to winning. write that down. I'm winning this. Um, because one, it, one it, point. at this point, with everything that's been laid out in the first three seasons, uh, like I did with the book, it's always been a matter of... Let me put this meal in front of you, you eat it, and let's see how you digest it, which has been how I've done with most of my life story, including my comedy. So at this point, going into season four, I want somebody to say, hey, I'm going to go back to season one. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to your dad. I'm going to listen to all the perspectives involved and see if I can gain something else out of that. Yeah. I I mean, I can. Do you want me to hit you with the heavy now? Is that what you want? You want At the every minute of my life. <laughs> so there's a lot of season one where you talk about how your brother is the favorite. You're convinced that your brother is the favorite yep. b- between the two of you. I heard it not so much as him being the favorite, but the one that needs the most taken care of. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, if you're going to hit me with the heavy, I'm going to hit you back. Okay. Would my dad have killed himself after I did? You wouldn't have needed to be taken care so. of. I don't think so. So, I, I, so here's the take: if the two of you were living together, okay, just as you, just as he and, and, and your brother were, were living together, that situation was there specifically because your brother needed twenty four seven monitoring before he became the giggling Hulk. If you and your dad were living together, what situation would have to occur for the two of you to be roommates? 
me and my dad, mm-hmm. uh, there, there would have been many scenarios that him and I could have become roommates. The reason that I didn't live there, the reason I didn't... My dad bought a four-bedroom house, and there was just the two of them. So he was expecting somebody to come in and fill those other two bedrooms. Really? I, I don't doubt that it's... Did he ever point, say it? No, but, it, but I mean, I just have to look at... Why... Are you kidding me? How much more is a four-bedroom house than a two? I, I know. Anywhere. It's... Like, even in, even in Trinity. So, so ma- no matter what, if you're looking at the difference between a four-bedroom and a two-bedroom, it's astronomical, the differences. Now, it, it, was there somewhere in the back of my dad's head that said, hey, maybe I could have all my children living under one roof? The only way I can answer that is by the house that he, that he bought. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing from everything you've told me, because I've never met your dad, but I've listened to every episode. As you know, I've listened to every single episode, and, and uh, we've talked in depth about most of the episodes that you've done. It sounds to me that if your dad had his way, he would use you and your brother when needed, and, did, and when he did not have a use for you and your brother, he would live his own life. A hundred percent. So I don't know if just buying a four bedroom house is a sign to you more uh, as it is. <laughs> no, I was thinking he was he needed at least two other people to handle my brother so he could go and do what he wanted. Maybe. There's there's so there's such an aspect of this story that, that speaks to me in terms of dad was never a caretaker our entire time growing up. Right. He never had to wipe our ass or our noses, he never took care of our hundred and whatever fever. He was an employer. A hundred percent. So yeah, when he, he was got a, out of he prison, was your manager. He gets out of prison after doing his ten years and eleven years, and and now he's a hundred percent twenty four hour a day caretaker to my grandmother, and tag my brother onto that, and my brother's condition gets worse and worse and worse. So my grandmother dies, and my dad thinks maybe there's a modicum of freedom in that. No, because now my brother's getting worse. So my dad went from never giving a fuck about anybody in terms of having to do any of the real work other than writing a check to, oh my God, I'm wiping people's asses now. That has to be a change that he never saw coming and that he somehow saw a, um, a stifling it. Yeah, but, it's, but I, I think it's, you're going around the fact that you're, you're not hitting on the, the fact that you claim that your brother is favored over you. And I, I I don't hear anything of that that tells me otherwise. You mean in the podcast? In the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean that that's certainly um one of the things one of the things that I'm left with to try to work out and now granted the situation is what it is. I, I won't ever have that answer. So Yeah, I mean but from what I can hear in his voice in the phone calls, he's always delighted to hear you. He loved the fucking podcast. He loved, but <laughs> did he ever listen to it? He, um, no, because I don't think he knew how. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think he knew how to get on a phone and do any of that stuff. Like, this is the type of person that when he texted me, the text would be like, Brian, how are you? But how would be in all caps. Right. So it'd be Brian, how? Are you? And, and I don't know how that happened. He didn't type it that way. He didn't speak it that way. But that's how it came through in text. Yeah, it's just old man text. Total 100% old man text. So I don't think he ever knew even how to listen to the podcast. Which, by the way, I just... <laughs> I found this chain today. 
of screen captures on Facebook of people. Uh, you know how, like, on Facebook you can uh, at like, you can message, like, a company or something like this and make it an open message so it's not like a DM or something like this? And the number of old people that would connect with Walmart and be like, is, is Dave there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, Walmart would respond. Walmart would be like, we're really happy to, to help you in any way that, that you like. And they're like, never mind. Dave's home now. <laughs> so I, so, that's awesome. I, and not just one case, multiple. It was like a, a BuzzFeed 33 case, like a listicle of just people that message Target or Walmart or a grocery store. <laughs> Is Dave there? Dave's not here, man. Um my dad did have a couple opportunities to listen to recordings I sent from here, from Doghouse. Okay. And he would listen to my comedy, and he would say he would laugh. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he actually ever did. My brother did. He listened to the pod? Um, I don't know if he listened to the podcast, but I sent him multiple stand-ups. And, and, and where I always thought both he, both Kev and my dad would be like, hey, don't say this and don't say that about what we did. Kev was like, you're genius. That's amazing. I fucking laugh my ass off. Which is funny because that never comes through in the pod. I would never think that you get a text like that from your brother. This was this was back back when I first started at the comedy studio and I was living in Cambridge before the podcast. Oh, way before. Got it. Way before there because because your relationship is was next to nothing. It was nothing essentially by the. I have uh, the last two texts from my brother. One was, um, "Hey Kev, how's it going?" Uh, and his response was, "I don't know who this is," which <laughs> which means like. At some point, he had to delete my contact. He didn't recognize the phone. I've had the same phone number since I lived in Salem, Massachusetts. No, what it means is he's a fuck-up. Yeah, he lost that. his phone. Sure. He never backed it up. Got a new phone. But at no, I, I, I have never done made... all of that. I have done all of that and still had my brother's contact in there. And when he texted me, I would know who it is. <sighs> The, the second one was, hey, uh, he lent me a little bit of money when I was in trouble. And I said, hey, Kev, thank you so much. He said, yeah. And, and that was, <laughs> was it. Was it Y-U-H? Uh, Y-A. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, hey, I know we don't talk much, but I would like that to change and nothing. So, so it, I, I don't know. Sitting here left a question whether or not he didn't know what to say to continue the conversation maybe he doesn't understand text etiquette where hey when you when you when you end with a period that's the end of the conversation yeah not like a hey let me let like open-ended questions in a sales fucking well and like you and i are like uh uh part of a generation where we're caught in between so we're like we know how to use technology but we also don't understand like all the etiquette so i kept i kept texting people like on my team K and people were like they would call me and be like hey man is everything good are you okay because <laughs> you didn't put the O I didn't put KK because <laughs> KK means like okay okay but like a single K is like K hey, fuck you fuck off yeah, piece of whatever. shit go eat a dick <laughs> yeah no, no. Like, I, like no but bro Okay, fine. I think okay is the... Okay's fine. You're a dick. No, I don't think that's the really? bad part. Yeah. Oh, K well, is, I, I've become a big dick then. K is light. KK is flirting. Okay is go fuck yourself. 
That, that's how I look at it. And uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm caught well, in that. Well, I've told like five people to go fuck themselves. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm in the purgatory of text too where I, I could be like, hey, she just said I love you, but that doesn't sound right. Like there's something about that. Like, like, and, and that's when you have to sort of take a step back and be like, you have to send that text that actually says, hey, I know that you didn't mean it this way, but when I read it in text, it kind of feels like, and you should, back when we were stuck to chords, yeah. That that miscommunication never happened. Uh, it did though. It did because you were caught in the in the the saga of this bullshit that happened of who hangs up first. Oh no! Uh, and I, you know, I told this in the podcast that I that I hung out with a girl over a night rider. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a <laughs> night rider. She's like, no, you're not going to hang. So you're right. I agree with you in that. Uh, the there's always a way for there's always a way for someone in a relationship to get mad. There's never no. not a way for someone in a relationship no. to not no. be mad. You at can't be something perfect. that no one in their right mind would be mad at. Right, right. But the problem is, oh, you is, sure is this gas station? Oh my god, I can't believe they killed baby seals. But at the same time, I also get mad about random shit. So it's not like I can blame it all on my spouse. She'll get all like shit. What random shit do you get mad about? Um. Did we turn the surround sound speakers on? Oh my! For the fucking movie, you know, like we paid for them. I watched this whole movie and you didn't turn the surround. We're halfway on. through it and I'm like, babe, did you turn the? But the how do you know? At that point, you're like, wait did a you, minute. Did you turn the speakers off? And she's like, yeah, they're too loud. And I'm like, N- we can we rewind because I, you know, I gotta tell you, the first time I ever experienced surround sound, I was tripping on mushrooms. Oh no. Yeah, and I'm sitting on this dude's couch I've never been to before, and this animated... Was it Harvey Weinstein? No, it was... Oh, shit. Yeah, and he was like, Did you no. get the part? He's like, let me try it again, but with more feeling, and boy, that feeling hurts. It was, it was the Ruffles commercial that was animated, and this little baby was like... And Ruffles have ridges. When you heard that in surround sound... You thought there was a fucking jet fighter above you <laughs> coming down fire. Like, I was like, ah! <laughs> so I don't like surround sound. That's my point. <laughs> uh, back to your dad. Yeah. Back to you claiming your brother was loved more than you were. He was the favorite. He was the favorite. However, when everything began to wind down, he reached out to you to make sure everything that was in order and everything was taken care of. He wanted to make sure that you got everything. Yeah. If you weren't the favorite or if you were less loved, do you think you would have gone through all of that or it would have just been, hey, Bri, you, your dad's a, dead and then you can it's on you to figure out how you, to collect you all You work for shit. a corporation, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, that corporation says, we have a task to do. We have to lay a bunch of people off. Who are we going to hand? Who are going to hand that task to? The guy that cries at the water cooler or the guy that just gets it fucking done. And, bo- and, and I've been executor of two wills. So my mother made me executor, executioner. Wait, wait, wait. wait, you were the executor of your mom's? Yep. Were, but you were allowed to do it at that time even though you were an ex-con. No, because my mother put it in an LLC. And I'm not sure if this is even true or whether or not New Hampshire's laws are different because in Florida... I am not allowed as an ex-con to execute a will. New Hampshire never asked. 
and maybe it's because the lawyer never asked that nobody ever looked well, into it. Well, it's because in New Hampshire they do live free or... Or die. Or, or fucking fuck die. Yeah, or go kill yourself. Yeah, because you know New Hampshire to be not, such a no, violent fucking state. Yeah, but state. not cut yourself. Not live free and then cut yourself a little bit and re- <laughs> to, like, re-go over your freedom tactic. It almost like sounds policy. like live free or die is like... Kind of like a little kid throwing a tantrum. Like, yeah. if I can't live free, I'm going to go <laughs> die. If I'm going to take my ball no. and I'm going to go home and I'm going to If I'm die. not having macaroni and cheese tonight, I'm going to cut myself. Yeah, we no. here in Manchester were so <laughs> mad. So, so, and and I'm not, because my mother put her estate in an LLC, it avoided probate. And probate is where a judge can say, hey, is that person an ex-con or not? LLC cannot do that. And And my mother did that because my mother was fully intent on fucking every creditor. <laughs> that she ever had and she's like hey how do i make sure the creditors can't come and get my children's money and the lawyer said put it in an llc and i told so my the house was in the name of a company it was a limited liability corporation named uh rooney whatever which was my mother's maiden name yeah oh that's great she put everything into a place where the government had no business whatsoever going anywhere near it so she didn't put it in her womb because the government loves to get in there oh um she was in New Hampshire, so it's it's my vagina or die. That's, I think that's how that goes. I would take my vagina out of New Hampshire for you. It's vagina. Vagina. Yeah, it's not anywhere north of, I would say, Washington, D.C. There's an R on the end of vagina. Yeah, vagina. So, so and Louis C.K. did this. It was like, a, I'm going to put a, see that wooden stool? I'm going to put a nice vagina lacquer on it. Like, it doesn't... But you, you've, you've got a sister, and I know that by blood, she's not necessarily your... Oh, she hates that. Sister? Yeah, don't say that. Okay. Because he listens to this, and she hates half-sister. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, it's very clear that your dad loved her very much, took care of her. Yeah, it, it is a... And you treat her like a sister in the whole nine uh, yards. I treat her better than a sister. Right. I wouldn't even treat a sister this good. No, I treat my sisters like shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, got, I got three of them. Yeah. Uh, one of them I like. You know, the other two are, are twins, so I treat them as halves. Oh, two-thirds, I think, is what the the, the Constitution said. Uh, that's the that's original draft. That's Pre-1864. V, that's that's V1. We call that V1. Uh, <laughs> up in New Hampshire. Though. Yeah, V1, is, you, can, you can own people. <laughs> this is the live, live free part. Yeah, no, women's suffrage sucks. And it's funny because my dad was arrested in New Hampshire. Spent time in Valley Street Jail. Do you think he was tired of living free? No, because he would have died. <laughs> well, he did. Oh, <laughs> no. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Too soon. The bike's down here, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, instead of licking her, her vagina, I licked her forehead. That's what I just did. Yeah, so, so what we do is we just edit what we said before, and we just cut to this. No, I'm playing it all. <laughs> Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, all right, so uh, some of the other things that I think were fascinating in some of the stories that you told is I wanted to know more about the planning of the, the robberies. And it's been a long time, right? So we talked about the robberies in season one, and I wanted to know more about the, the nuts and bolts of it, of what was talked about versus what happened. And I feel like you told us about the story of we would meet at the, uh, the, the, the 99. <laughs> Nine. We'd meet Free at the 99. Court. 
and say free popcorn. Free popcorn. Free popcorn. Free popcorn. Sit at the ninety nine. Bowls We would talk about it. I could too. Oh shit! Should I rob jewelry stores? It depends on how much popcorn's in you. I can eat a fuck ton of popcorn, bro. Wow. That is the indicator. But <laughs> what? But what I wanted to hear was because uh, you always hear in the heist movies. Yep. Someone rolls out a big blueprint nope. schematic. Hey man, over here is this. The layout's this. It's this. It's this. Can you just walk through like uh, the, the the Burlington, for example? Mm-hmm. You guys playing that in the '99, right? Yep. What was actually said? What was the plan? So it was over multiple meetings. So the first meeting would be just me, Dad, and Kev. Okay. At the 99, eating. Here's the job. Here's, here's what we have to do. So I want to hear about here's the job. Mm-hmm. Here's the job. We're gonna, we, we know a guy that has ripped multiple people off. He has a full uh, carload full of his entire catalog, which is about, Billy says... $300,000 worth of material streetwise, which is $600,000, you know, double that, maybe even triple it when you add retail. So that being said, well, okay, what are we going to do? Well, we got to get this guy comfortable. We got to get him to meet us somewhere. We got to get him to, uh, we have to subdue him. We have to find out how to get into his car because at that point, most of them were driving very elaborate cars with very elaborate alarm systems. Which you've talked about. You've talked about those we've cars. talked about right? all that stuff in, in, the, in the podcast. But So as my brother and I are sitting there listening to Dad, we're like, there's no way. What are you talking about? Right. We don't know anything about alarms. We don't know anything about subduing somebody. What do you mean subdue somebody? And this is, this is where I, I end up going home and being like, okay, well, now I have to, prior to that first robbery where Kev just kicked the shit out of somebody, put him on his, his <laughs> roof of his car. And my job was just to get the case. And I tugged on the case. Guy wasn't giving it up. Kevin was hitting hard enough. I stepped back and wait for that to happen. Now it's, Hey, well you have to duct tape a guy to a chair. Right. So now I got to go to bed with that task that has been given to me. But like you're at the, there's but so you're many at, pieces. So but, you're, but you're at the restaurant. Yeah, we're at the restaurant. And, 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 says, and, okay. and, you're, and you're asking. I'm, I'm hoping that you and, and Kem are asking back. Like, no, 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 no. What does it's, that mean to subdue? No, we. Uh, it's we have to find a location to be able to subdue this person. Once we subdue him, we got to be able to get into his car. Once we get into his car, we have to be able to empty it, get into a car, and get out of there. And that's where me so and my brother check out. So this meeting should have been an email. Well, there was no you know email what I mean? back then. But you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. it's not there's there, it's it's one way at the two of you. One hundred percent. So so then me and, and my did, brother and drive he doesn't home. have a plan. No. So me and my brother drive home and we're like, "There's no way, Dad can't get a store." Um, like, how do you subdue somebody? I don't even like my brain didn't even go to that point. I just knew my dad couldn't get a fake storefront to um, to initiate this entire job. That's everything hinged on. Can we get this person comfortable enough, especially after Woody was killed? Right. So, so the second episode where Woody was killed by somebody else, the entire jewelry industry said, hey, if you're ever robbed, give them whatever the fuck they want. But at the same time, no traveling jewelry guy would go into a store he didn't know ahead of time or didn't have comfort enough to say, hey, I'm not going to be fucked with here. 
Right. Okay, so this is why we needed a fake storefront. We needed a female to be able to call him and say, hey, I got this store. I'm opening it. Bring your entire product line here because I want you to line my entire store with it. Even then, we knew the guy was going to come in with fake shit. So that's meeting one. So what happens in meeting two? Meeting two is sitting down with Billy and Billy saying, okay. Billy was the guy who knew what he had. Yep. What it was going to take to get to the stuff that was of value to us. What it was going to take to get us, um, to get him in a position where he would give us that information. Um, And again, so after we met with Billy, it was still... Even Billy walked away thinking this wasn't possible. Right. And, 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 and you were having side conversations with Billy. I wasn't, no. Who was? Kev? Nobody was. Dad was. But you were seeing that happening. Uh, at, no, we were at. So the so second so meeting Billy's, was me, Billy's Billy, and, Dad, Kev. We sat there and Billy said, okay, here's the guy. Here's where we have to get him. Here's his territory. Here's where he'd feel most comfortable going to. And here's what he'll have on him. But you're saying Billy was already doubting it. Was he saying that to your dad at the Billy meeting? was like, no, there's no way you're going to be able to set this up. No, nobody in the Burlington robbery thought my dad was going to be able to set up that situation the way that he did. Because basically you'd have to go to a mini mall. Right. With a vacant store and say, hey, I am Joe Schmo, not John Sobolewski. You'd have to say, I'm Joe Schmo and I want to rent this store. Mm-hmm. So here's a check. Here's how I'll pay the rent. I'm going to sign this lease. Here's first and last month with a check that has my name on it. The guy took cash. So my dad didn't, my dad said, hey, I'm Joe Schmo. I'm going to pay you cash first and last because I don't have any of that stuff set up right now. It just was a different time where right now, if you tried to do that, there's no way anyone would do it. Right. But back then, the guy took first and last. Unless your dad wanted to buy a gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that way. Yeah, if you don't want to, I have cash. So that's like, a oh, mail-in. Oh, that's just, a mail-in. Yeah, just come, just come to the gun show, dude. <laughs> it's just a mail-in. Yeah, but, but 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 I'm sure, like whoever's <laughs> whoever owns the property, like we want a background check on that. I do sell guns. No background check for that. But I mean, imagine also you're a, you're an owner of a mini mall, and somebody's coming in and saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you first and last month. That's not reported. It's going to be cash." Yeah. A- and the guy went for it. So so yeah. How do you think third how do, meeting? How do you think that Halloween's Spirit stores. We're going to be in three months, but I'll we're going to be we're going to be in here for forty five days. We're just going to give you four thousand dollars cash. Yep, in and out. Yep, turn the power on. Maybe make the toilets work. So, <laughs> so after the second meeting, the third meeting was, hey, I found a store. We're all set, and we're all like, oh. That, that's when I'm literally reading the back of a, of a roll of duct tape. <laughs> Does it say how much I need to, to, to tape somebody to a chair? No, it's not on here. And I got very nervous. And that's when the first time we had to, me and my brother had to go and try to find handcuffs. And we had done this for and, the and, second and job. And you talked about this, right? Yep. So you found like the, the stripper handcuffs at the, <laughs> at the, at the porn store, right? Yep, I, yep. I, I get all that. But I think the thing for me that's, that's helpful is like so – it felt for me listening to the episodes, it was like one meeting. 
hey, this is the job, this is how it goes. No, but it's like, so that was, so it was like uh, meeting three, where uh, now we know we're using duct tape, we're using handcuffs, I've got a space. Well, meeting three is where I got the space. Now all of the other things in meeting one and two materialized. Those were things you wrote off that, hey, I wasn't have to do that. I'll fucking do that. So that was meeting three, and then uh, was there another meeting after that? There were many meetings up until the actual. Really, how many do you? How many meetings do you think you had? Six or seven in terms of. Dad was meticulous. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Here's where I'm going to be. Here's where I want to push him when he comes through the door. This is what we need to do. And then we were actually in the space, running through the particulars. Here's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be measuring this. As, as little team boppers are walking by, getting their, getting their ears pierced. Skater guy. One guy's coming out of the pharmacy. Hey, bro, you guys to... open up a jewelry store here? Dude, I totally need a fucking clattering for By the way, not, nobody nobody in New Hampshire sounds like that. Oh, Ron. Ah, it... fuck. Ah, white dog necklace. Fuck. <laughs> I'm from Manchester. <laughs> Go out of Circuit City. Fuck. Let's drive down Elm Street. Bang a Yui at the end and come back. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> you just lost like 50% of your listeners. I know. And, and New Hampshire is the third like most popular place that listens to me. Number one is Indonesia, which is weird for you. It's just, it really, it's <laughs> fucked up. I had to, like, I sent the producers that are watching this. I was like, listen, guys, I know I don't have, because they complain, like, they they were like, hey, I got this one guy that has 12 million followers, and if only 10% of those people watch his first show, that's 1.2 million people. Yeah. He says, how come only 70 people listen to your podcast? I was like, <laughs> um. But it, it, it really just is a matter of, you know, who hit when they hit. Maybe if you show your tits. I, I am willing. I am willing. Just show one nipple. I am willing. Um. But but then we went into the space, and when we ran through, you know what we were going to do in the space. And by the way, in the space, uh, it's not just like because it's a, it's an empty space, or was it a former jewelry store? It was a store that clearly had a delineation between what they were doing in the front and what they were doing in the back. So two thirds of the store was separated by a very thin wall, like a plaster wall. Okay, that didn't go all the way up to the ceiling. Okay. So there was like you a could split. hear the stuff that's going right. On so and... so we were like, okay, once once Nancy says, you know, will you come in the back while this guy is measuring for carpet? Let's just go in the back and we'll have more privacy. Oh, because you guys didn't even have to build out the space. No. You were just going to rob the dude yep. while you were right quote, quote, building yep. out the space. And we loved the fact that there was a wall there because it, it concealed what we were about to do. Interesting. So I, n- Nancy- I never, I never thought about that. I thought you guys had actually built up the store. with the signage. Dad, why do I measure this now? No. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> Sobolewski Jewelers. <laughs> what sizes is inseam? I don't want to make this door too wide. No, that's not. <laughs> so there was. Why a- are they asking for inseam? This is a jewelry a- store. That's weird. Is it- <laughs> Some a- guy comes. You hire the wrong guy. He's measuring. <laughs> He's grabbing people's sacks, moving to the side. Yeah. Oh, these pants are going to be a little bit too... Pants? This, <laughs> Get this, the necklace. This is the part we call cupping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. So, so it almost looked like this was a, a, 
like a dry cleaner where there was a front that you need very little space in the front for, and the back is where you did most of your work. Yeah, that's where all the stuff was. All right. So we had this very thin partition wall where Dad said, okay, when Nancy gets him to go through this, I will push him from behind, which is my dad. I will push him into you guys. Kev will be on one side. I'll be on the other. Kev will grab him, move him over to me, to the other side of the wall. And I will get his gun. We'll put him down into the seat. And then I will duct tape him to that. The problem is, is once he went through the wall and moved that way, Kev pushed him so hard, the wall almost came down. <laughs> like, can you imagine that scene? People <laughs> walking by. <laughs> skateboarders. Whoa, bro. Oh, shit, bro. Why do we think there are so many someone skateboarders coming in out Burlington? Of, someone coming out of Macy's and going... <laughs> Wow, this didn't fit. Oh, no. Oops, uh, that guy's being accosted. Is um, this... Maybe it's art. Maybe this is just Maybe it's improv. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, so Kev pushed him against the wall. The wall buckles. All three of us look up at the wall and like, is this going down? Because this is going to turn into a different robbery. And all of us were so concerned about the gun because... As much as, and we didn't know how the effect of that second robbery and Woody dying had on those people as much as it did us because we were like, we got to get the gun. Everybody's carrying, everybody's in the trade is carrying now, so we got to make sure we get that gun. The gun was in his back pocket. The pocket was buttoned. The gun was in a holster. The holster oh, was buttoned. that's right. I remember that. It would have taken this guy 45 <laughs> fucking minutes to get to this gun. And I don't even know if it was loaded at that point. Which, of course, goes back to the whole idea of I'm a responsible gun owner. And it's like, great. And he was. Exactly. And but it's like, here's, here's me. Once I get to it, I pull it out and I just, I just flung it. it. Yeah, I flung it like a Frisbee. I threw it like a Frisbee down the rest of the, the store. That it sounds was, like a small gun if you it can was do little, that. It was less, it was a 20, what's less than a 22? Is there an 11? Yeah, he had an 11. It was, it was a 3.8. <laughs> it was so tiny. Yeah, it was like one of those it fractions. It was a staple gun. Yeah, which I don't even think he could load because he couldn't figure out fractions. He didn't know how to do it. Yeah, no, it was metric instead of imperial. But it was surprisingly little, at, at, especially when you think, hey, if I were in that field and I had just found out that somebody had been shot in the head, I would walk in with two fucking Yosemite Sam cannons <laughs> under each arm. And I'd talk like you're sitting. I'd be like, where's the jewelry? I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. And when shit went bad, you would shoot the floor. He punctuated everything with a gunshot. So you'd lift up. You would rock it out of there. There wasn't a single thing that Yosemite Sand said said that didn't include firing a weapon. So so as we talk about specifically this robbery, and and I think it it holds the most robberies as well that you've done is, um, and you talked about it in the episode, but I've got to think... You're in these meetings, you're involved so much with what's going on. The question that I always ask myself as I'm listening is, there's because I know you, you, know, you and I are very close friends at this mm-hmm. point, and, uh, I, and I really do. I, 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 tr- I, tr- I, I would trust you with anything. I'd give, I'd give you anything. I'd trust you with any information, any, any, any valuables, any money, any, any, anything. You poor son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. You're, it, the long con is working. That's you, what New Hampshire did to you. You're going to get all this improv money. And I know you grew up in Colorado, but New Hampshire did that to you. Yeah. So, but the, but the deal is, is I, I know who you are today, and it's probably not dissimilar from who you were in the past. But the question for me is always like, I'm in this thing. And there's two things that have to keep me in this meeting. One, 
why, you know, what, what's keeping me doing this? Like, what's the motivation? But two, when are you thinking about the consequences? At no point. Really? No, because dad was just so good at, at calming us in that, hey, this is somebody dirty that we're going after, so no one will ever look beyond that person as, as for who did this. So he sold you on the idea Every that, it's, that it's, 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 it's locked. It's Robin Hood. Yeah. We are robbing from somebody that deserves it so that no one's ever going to search. We who yeah. deserve the poor. We're the poor. Right. Like the, he always set himself up as that. That was Burlington was presented that way. And I think every, every robbery after that, there was a tinge of that. But by then we were numb to it. And, and right, because at that point, I think Reed had taken over at that point where you guys just saw where the money was coming from. But, it's, but it seems to me, um, uh, you've seen the movie The Professional? Yeah, I love it. Okay, great movie, right? Yep. Uh, so Leon comes down and he wants some money. And who's holding his money? Right? Yep. The guy that's yep. booking all the, the hits. And he says, I'm better than a bank. Mm-hmm. I'm better than a bank because what happens to banks? They get robbed. But who doesn't get robbed? I never get robbed. So if you ever need anything, you come to me. And it just, every time I hear about you and your dad, it's like, your dad never gave you guys the money unless Mm -hmm. you asked for something or needed something. But the part of that, that analogy that's, that's, that hits me is you never knew how much that guy made for him. Right. Like, he, like he never got anywhere near <laughs> what came from that, which is why I've always toyed with the idea that there's still a Sobolewski there's treasure. There's still some there. fucking... There's a fucking... I mean, it's, it's Goonies, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, where's that... Where'd you leave the fucking map, Dad? It's... Like, and there's this little tiny rushed... There's this little tiny square Russian Jesus thing that my grandmother left us and, and, and indoctrinated in all of us and said, hey, that thing is worth a ton of money. And when I opened it, it's this little box, you open it up, it's this picture of Jesus, and Jesus is white. <laughs> so, so it's done in silver, but you know, anybody that knew Jesus back then and knew that he wasn't white wouldn't have done him in silver. They would have gone copper, because that's pretty much yeah. Right? And... I, I opened this thing after after all was said and done, and I thought there was a map in there. Oh, fuck. And there was an address to where we used to buy kielbasa. Really? Yeah. There was an, uh, she put two little... I don't know if she did. I don't know how old this fucking thing is, but in the back, there were these two cardboard pieces of paper, and you pull them out, and you flip one over, and it on the back says, um, you know, Kowalski's Butcher, like... Have you gone? We got kielbasa there for our entire lives. Yeah, but I mean, have you gone? No, it's not there anymore. Chelsea is all um, Dominican. When I grew up, it was Polish Russian, and you could. Yeah, walk but down I mean, if you, but, but it, it feels like I mean that's a movie right there. Is going in. Dad, Dad going going in, be like, hey, can I get some kielbasa? And he's no, like, no, it's some kielbasa. You get shot. No, no, no. You're not going to get shot. <laughs> uh, Chelsea, I'm sorry, but Chelsea right now is where every single. Police coming out of the academy wants to go and make the most money. What does that tell you about the city? Well, you know. You hey. are likely to be stabbed in the face. 
Yeah, like, but you but UCB had a theater in Chelsea. It's not there anymore. But yeah, Chelsea was such a great town when, when I grew up in it, man. It it was. But can't you? Because you do a good job of befriending people. Can't you just? Who? You do. No, I hate you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our <laughs> podcast today. Uh, Brian Sobolewski, I, I thought, was a friend of mine. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, Chelsea, I remember looking at an apartment in Chelsea with my ex-wife. Let me tell you, there's one part of Chelsea called Admirals Hill, which is the only part of Chelsea that overlooks and you can see Boston. And it's almost like they took all of the shit and piled it up, put grass over it, put million-dollar condominiums, and hid the rest of Chelsea from that waterline <laughs> of Boston, right? Blind eye. Because it's such a beautiful other section of Boston across that that bay, which is Chelsea's one of those. And then Everett's another city. And now I just learned that there's a casino in Everett. There, there's nothing ever good that came out of Everett. Everett was one of those cities like, hey, here's between Chelsea and Somerville. There's a space. What do you want to do with it? Call it Everett. Like, it's one of those. <laughs> one of those it looks like every yeah. other place. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll just call it Everett. And it's never been anything, but now there's a casino in it. And holy fuck. Um, like, that, those are all the little towns in Boston that were ports where shit used to come in. And the mobsters used to come in and grab whatever percentage of it came off the boat. They would bring it over to Chelsea and, 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 um, oh, what the, and what's the fucking place where all the uh charlestown like that where all the bank robbers came from those were all the little port cities of boston where shit that came in ended up being dispersed that was stolen <laughs> so my dad will tell you multiple times behind his house right behind hello's bar they would unload trailers full of whatever and he'd watch it and this is a guy that that grew up there in a time where post-World War II where there was this Superman and, hey, you, you should pay attention to the law. But there, in his world, there was also this. But when the law's not looking, eh, fill your pockets. And my grandmother had that. Everyone on that, everyone on that Russian side of the family had that. Nobody on my Polish side had hey, that. Hey, Brian, just so you know, we're recording this in the, in the theater. And I just went to the register when you were talking about that. How come it's empty? It's not empty. I just took the twenties out because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the twenties might be offensive to you. No. It... All right. So so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here yep, and I'm yep, gonna I'm gonna yep. hit you with the with the heavy here. Go. This is the big this is a big heavy. Do you wish that at some point in this you put your foot down and you stepped away from it multiple times, not just once, multiple times. When my dad said, hey, uh, when he cocked that hammer and said three black men robbed you and I found out about that and I was already on my way home from that, that was a twist in it. Kev's morality always wore on me, but I knew my job and the only reason I had been included was to weather Kev's objections and his physiological restrictions. So his his moral objections to this and he was the only one he is the moral compass throughout this whole thing so when you watch shows like ozark and breaking bad during the writing of that they're like who's going to be the moral compass here and they always thought it was going to be walt they always thought it was going to be yeah. jason bateman's character 
But then the writing pointed them in a different direction. It ended up being Jesse and it ended up being the kids in Ozark. And yeah. Kev has always been the moral compass. He was the only one that said, hey, I grew up Catholic. I have a, a sense of morality regardless of what we're doing and who we're robbing as bad as they were. It's wrong. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't able to say, hey, this guy's a piece of shit and he's done it to a bunch of people before the same way my dad was able yeah. to. Kev would be like, regardless, it's wrong. And, and I was always in the middle of that. I was always in the fucking middle of that and that was the toughest part for me because I agreed with Kev. But my job was to temper Kev. So he, he was, but as much as he was the moral compass, he was always the the piece of this that Kevin, dad and I couldn't do on our own until you go back to season one and you listen and the hang job that dad did by himself and the first job that dad did by himself were all jobs he didn't need either one of us, which made it all the more scary for me and Kev once we were locked up like, wow, dad didn't need us. We thought we, he needed us more than anything else to do this. And he proved that to us after we were locked up, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, you know, when all is said and done, Dad left prison and should have flourished. He should have been a very productive member of society. I mean, he could have turned things around. He was a salesman. He could have come back to that. He could have lived a really cool life, I think. But we have <laughs> both me and my brother have both been dependent. M more Kev than me. And... and I applaud that, that there have been parts of my life that I thought, hey, dad is proud of me because I'm the only one that can pay my fucking rent. Yeah. I, <laughs> by the way, I think that's it. And, it is. Uh, and, 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 and I'm going I'm to leave you with that. As the host of the show, wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up here. So I'm going to say, look, in, in this episode, I tried to pin Brian to debate whether he's the favorite or not. I tried to pin him on whether he felt any kind of actual uh, regret for what he was doing. I think we got answers to both. This is Casey Casperson at Doghouse and Sick Puppies Comedy with Brian Subaluski. Take care of yourselves, as he would say. Peace Goodbye. out, guys. <laughs>